Our reading today is taken from the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verses 1 to 9. Finally, brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh, for we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Jesus, in Christ Jesus, and put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have risen for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has risen for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of their tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as a zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. This is the word of God. Amen. Good morning. Yep, you hear me, right? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. It is an honor and a privilege to me to speak to you this morning. I want to start with a short story of Amy. Um, a few years ago, she was traveling from Germany to the US, and she had a layover in London. And she had to stay there overnight in a hotel. And then the next morning, when she was standing in front of the hotel, there was a guy who asked her, hey, I just ordered an Uber. Do you want to drive with me to the airport? And that was very nice of that guy. She said yes. and. On the way to the airport, they, they talked about like if Amy should pay him something for the Uber, and he said, no, no, that, that is my good deed for the day. <laughs> and that was very nice. And it's a nice sounding concept, isn't it? Like this good deed of the day. If, if we do that every day, then at the end of our lives, there will be many, many good deeds. And God can't have a problem with good deeds, right? I don't think so. <laughs> the question is, is that enough? Are good deeds enough? Will good deeds outweigh the bad things that we are doing every day as well? Is God, does God like the idea of karma? Many people call that karma, right? Like many good things outweighing the bad things. Does, is God a fan of that idea? Are good deeds enough to get to heaven? Many people believe that. This is what I want to talk with you about today. The title of my message is, Can I Save Myself? Can I Save Myself? We are in a sermon series on Philippians. And last week, we had Stuart speaking to us about Philippians 2, 12 to 30. And he was talking about obedience in Christ. 
was talking about the good examples of Paul, Timothy, and Epaphroditus. He was talking about um, obe obedience being hearing and doing, and that there is no true hearing without also doing. And he also talked about that we do not work for our salvation, but that we work out our salvation. So I will speak to you today about, uh, I will preach on Philippians 3, 1 to 9. Let me pray first. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for every single one here. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you are here with us, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come, fill us, open our hearts and open our ears to hear what you want to speak to us today. Thank you that you are a God who reveals himself and who reveals his secrets and his truth. We love you, Jesus. Amen. We read in Philippians 3, verse 1. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. That leads me to my first point. It's pretty straightforward. Rejoice in God. Rejoice in God or rejoice in the Lord. Why? Why should we rejoice in God? It's a phrase that we use very often, but do we actually know what that means? We rejoice in God because of who he is and what he has done for us on the cross. And I think just to explain the word rejoicing, Rejoicing just means to be glad and to be joyful. And when we are joyful, when we rejoice, I think we can shine like stars. We can shine like stars. We cannot shine like stars when we are grumbling and complaining, like we read in Philippians 2 last week. Although we do like to grumble and complain often, right? <laughs> so Paul is reminding us here, rejoice, rejoice. Rejoice because it is about God and not about us. Rejoice because through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we can have a relationship with God. Rejoice because of who he is, what he has done. Rejoice because he is faithful and sovereign and he will never change. His purpose for us is always good and that's why we can trust in him. So rejoice. Rejoicing in God means that there's always a reason for us to rejoice. There's always a reason for us to be thankful and to be glad. And that reason is that through Jesus Christ, we have righteousness before God. And I just want to explain the word righteousness because we will hear that word a lot. It means to be justified not only before others, but before God. That's the meaning of righteousness. And Paul, he says, to write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you because he knows he's, he's repeating himself here. He's talking about joy and rejoicing throughout the whole letter to the Philippians. He knows he's repeating himself, but he knows that he knows how important it is that we do rejoice and that we need reminded of that, that the Philippians needed to be reminded of that. In verse 2 we read, 
Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. The tone of Paul is suddenly changing. Suddenly he's very serious and stern. We don't read, we don't hear a tone like this in the rest of the letter. So something is changing here. And wow, isn't that offensive? He's calling people dogs. I don't think any one of us would like to be called a dog in public, especially. <laughs> so why is Paul so forceful here? Why is Paul using language like that? Why is he, why is he changing his tone so rapidly? My second point today is beware of false ideas. Beware of false ideas. We can say that Paul basically said, look out for the people that bring those false ideas. Look out for the people that bring false teaching to the church. We see in almost every letter in the New Testament, the authors wrote about, um, about false teaching entering the church and changing things, changing the truth about the gospel, changing the truth of Jesus, changing the truth about God. Paul was aware of that. And he is writing, look out for the people that bring those false ideas. What does mutilate the flesh mean? What does that mean? Flesh, to live in the flesh means to, to work out of our own strength and to work to do our own religious works, trying to justify ourselves. So that is what that means. The flesh is the opposite. When we live in the flesh, that's the opposite than living in the spirit of God. And so Paul was very concerned about the sound teaching in the church. There were Jews, people that practiced Judaism, Jews who started believing in Jesus, but rather than just to believe in the gospel, they tried to have Jesus as an add-on or as an expansion pack to what they were already believing and living. And that is not the true gospel. <laughs> that was not what the apostles were preaching. The Jews were trying to mislead the church. The Jews were trying to bring false ideas into the church. And that false teaching, those wrong ideas, as I said, they do not agree with the truth of the gospel. In Judaism, circumcision was necessary to be circumcised on the eighth day uh, after birth. Or when you converted to Judaism, then you would be circumcised then. And circumcision was a sign or a symbol of someone belonging to God and being accepted by God as his people. So the Jews, they were practicing that. And th that was one way how they tried to justify themselves. I don't just want to speak about the Jews, I want to speak about us as well, because we try to do the same things. When we accept Jesus, when we start walking with Jesus, then often we are very tempted to just have Jesus as an add-on to what we are already doing. We think, oh, everything I'm doing is great. It's enough if I just go to church on Sunday. But that's not enough. Jesus is not just an add-on to our lives. Jesus, is, Jesus should be our life. 
it doesn't seem that uh, the Church of Philippi had those issues already, but as I said, since it was happening in a lot of churches, I think that Paul was trying to forewarn them, hey, that might be coming, look out, be aware. In verse 3 we read, For we are the circumcision, who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Paul said that we are the true worshipers, that worship by the Spirit of God, that worship by grace and not out of our flesh. We worship by the Spirit of God and not out of the things that we try really hard to do by ourselves. So the Jews, they were trying to fulfill a religious law of Israel. They tried to keep rules. They tried to act as righteous people. But acting as righteous people is not the same as being righteous people. There's a difference. When we act as righteous people rather than being righteous people, we cannot justify ourselves before God that way. And many, many people even Christians think that we will be accepted by God if we just do enough good things, if we just have enough good deeds. Or if we don't do the bad things that are very tempting. It's very easy to think that way. But that's not the way of God. That's not the truth of the gospel. That's not the way we can save ourselves. So we must watch out and look out for the people that say those things, that have those ideas. Because if we start believing that God has to accept us because of our good works, we are basically believing that God, the creator of the universe, the creator of everything, the cre creator of you is in debt to us because we have done good things and we deserve to go to heaven. That's a very dangerous, dangerous thought. Paul reinforces the identity of the Philippians. He says, you don't need the circumcision, you are the circumcision. You are righteous before God. You are justified because you do believe in Jesus. They don't need circumcision. They don't need more religious works to be just accepted by God. And the same is, it's the same for us. When you believe in Jesus Christ, then you are accepted by God. When you trust and believe in Jesus, then you are accepted by God. So the Philippians, they needed to stay in the true gospel. And the biggest threats at that time in the church was not persecution. In fact, when persecution happened, that actually brought the church together and people were strengthened in faith. The biggest threat was not persecution, but false teaching and false ideas. Because false teaching, false ideas, they destroy unity, they destroy our unity. Paul mentions that the Philippians should stay in humility and unity. He was very concerned that false teaching would destroy their unity. And most of all, false ideas are misrepresenting God. Our ideas matter. They matter because they will always have consequences. 
We should not compromise the truth. And sadly, we see that in the church in England, we see that in many churches in the world, there are many false ideas and they are dividing the church, they are destroying the unity. People, we as Christians, we are often not unified before God as one people. So we see that's reality. False ideas, false teachings are destroying our unity. So we need to be aware of that and need to beware false ideas. Verses 2 to 7 read, Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for, the con for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Paul is basically saying here, I, if it is about our own works, then I would be the leading role model. Paul would have been the leading role model in his time and in his society, in his culture, and also in the minds of the people that have those false ideas. Like Paul did in his old life, we all try to justify ourselves through religious works sometimes. We all covet uh, we all covet status, prestige, all those things. Paul was a real Jew from a very good tribe and family of Israel, the tribe Benjamin. He was a Pharisee, and Pharisees were seen as the most honorable people in Jewish culture. I like what Tim said. When, when we hear Pharisee, we often think, boo. <laughs> but... Uh, if we would have been in their culture, we probably would have honored them too. They were really honorable people in their culture, in their time. He was religiously very zealous to the point that he persecuted the church before he was a Christian. And he says that under the religious law of Israel, he was blameless. Everyone in Jewish society would have, to be, would have wanted to be like Paul. He really was a role model in that culture. Religiously speaking, Paul has done everything right and everything was in his favor. But let us continue in the text again from verse 7 to 9. But, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. My third point today is be accepted by grace. Be accepted by grace. Verse 7 starts with a very loud but. But 
even though Paul had all those things, he considered them all rubbish. And the Greek doesn't use the word rubbish here. The Greek uses the word for um, human excrement. So the ESV version is actually very nice in how it expresses that. But he considers it all rubbish, all his self-righteous circumstances and deeds, all his gain as loss. And that reminds us of the words that we have heard from Paul in Philippians 1.21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. All the works of the flesh, works of our own righteousness, works with through which we try to justify ourselves. They won't save us. We cannot justify ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. So to answer the question to my title, can I save myself, is no. I cannot save myself and neither can you. Only the righteousness of Christ can save us. That is the reason why we can rejoice. Because it's not just that the righteousness of, of Christ is the only righteousness that can save us. He's very, very happy to give us his righteousness. He's not withholding his righteousness for us. People in England often talk about the good deed of the day. <laughs> that is good, but it won't justify us. It won't save us. Just as the Jews couldn't justify themselves with, by, whole, like, by doing the religious law and by all the sacrifices they were doing, they couldn't justify themselves. And that is the reason why God has sent his one and only son to live the life we were supposed to live and to die the death we were supposed to die, to defeat death, to defeat sin, and to rise again. That's the gospel. If we can justify ourselves through our own works, then honestly, Jesus wouldn't have had to come and die on the cross for us. If there would be any other way, then Jesus wouldn't have needed to, just to, to sacrifice his life on the cross for us. He died for me, he died for you, so that we can be justified before God. And now by the Spirit of God, we can work out our salvation and worship God that way. Hallelujah. Through Christ, because of his precious righteousness, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Because of him we are justified and because of him we are saved. So let me summarize that sermon. Beware false ideas. Trust in Jesus Christ and so be, be justified before God. Rejoice in God for the righteousness he is giving you. And for those who already believe in Jesus, reflect on those questions. Am I really accepted by grace? Do I, do I accept God's grace? Does my life reflect that? Or do I still try to justify myself before God with my good works? And to be honest, I'm struggling with that almost every day. <laughs> when I mess up and I come before God, I'm, I, I'm, 
just this morning, I said, God, I'm sorry, I, I feel like I didn't do so well lately. And I'm feeling really bad when I pray that. And in the, in the same time, I feel like mm, I'm justifying myself when I say that. And then, then God convicted me and said, hey, it's not about your righteousness. It's about the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So do we believe that? We know that here, but do we believe this here? And for those who are undecided about Jesus, God is inviting you today into a living relationship with him. He's inviting you to believe in him, to trust in him, and to receive his righteousness. He's inviting you. He already gave his life for you, and he, he invites you, come, be justified before God through me, and live in relationship with God through me. You can make this decision today. God loves you as you are. You do not have to change for him in order to be accepted by him. Jesus paid it all already. Let me pray. God, I thank you for your precious word. And I pray that those are not just good thoughts, but that they become reality in our lives. Help us to trust and believe in you, Lord. Help us to understand your grace. Help us to decide to live with you every single day of our lives and to live out of your grace and work out our salvation that way. Help us to be aware of false ideas and where we need to repent, Lord, because we already have false ideas. Help us to repent. And help us to rejoice, Lord. We have all the reason to rejoice and to be glad. Thank you for your righteousness, Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Paddy. That